Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 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 how y'all doing? This is A Day with Obsidian, here to introduce the third entry of the Kilimanjaro Collection. So long time no see, or uh, here, I guess. Um, before we begin, I want to say I hope everybody's doing okay. I hope you and your loved ones are safe and healthy. I hope you are balanced in mind, body, and soul. Um, this is difficult times, indeed. It's hard to believe, but we're, what, six, seven months into this whole thing, this pandemic thing? But, you know, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to think about fiction and to explore different worlds and different situations. So uh, we hope that uh, Obsidian works as a transporting tool for your mind to escape uh, the rigors of today. With that being said, let me introduce today's writer, Kosi Dunn. Kosi is a man of many talents. He's a poet, a rapper, a writer, a Dungeons & Dragons enthusiast, um, and an actor. If you remember that name, Kosi actually worked with us back in uh, Phase 1 of Obsidian uh, on Episode 3, Sunset Sunrise, in which he was the sole actor and was riffing off of uh, imaginary creatures. Actually, technically he wasn't a sole actor because the voice of the imaginary creature or the sound of the imaginary creature, the Zor, was done by the sound designer of that episode, Jason Charney. So uh, check out that episode if you're curious, if you haven't, if you haven't heard it yet before. Um, so yeah, we've worked with Kosi before. He's a very intelligent, very creative mind. And uh, he's bringing us uh, today's story called They Ate the Sun. Um, I'll let, leave it to your imagination to figure out what that even means. Kosi will actually be narrating this story as well. But uh, yeah, with that being said, let's get to it. Near the end of the invasion, my lover and I, sweating in the burrows, would play games to keep each other lucid. How many carrots could we balance on one arm? How long could we stare at the candlestone and drink? We'd gulp dark water and laugh, and when we had too much, hurl curses for the other one to catch. My lover, his hair shone like rainbows in an oil spill. His laughter was so flat. I wanted badly just to move him to tears, to action, to the edge of cliff. Each day changed me like a clock and still I toiled. His love like a streakless marble, wholesome yet unrelenting and useless. I thought not for fear of loneliness but failure that I tended to him. Later I would learn that it was both. I understand the bright eaters as much as I do marriage. 
we watched as they swallowed our sun whole. Each ray gobbled by the mouthless swarm. A pity. In the sacred text, we were promised a more visible calamity. A spectacle. The storytellers pitched us fire next time. I suppose that by our gleaming hubris, our towering lights and magnetic fields that we had in a way obscured this possibility of darkness. No one had prepared for them. How, how could you? In the telescopes, the bright eaters appeared like gnats, flitting listlessly and obscuring even our most expensive lenses. My colleagues thought me mad, frantic, and poured over the tiny splotches of darkness hidden in the pictures with disbelief. My lover, relentlessly simple, asked me to consider their perspective. Uh, black holes cannot move, more or less swarm. In that same conversation, I recall my lover adding that I worked too hard that they don't pay me enough to fix their shitty cameras. The swarm would coalesce into a royal, a night storm, a sky ridden with termites. Bleak mounds teemed on radio towers and amphitheaters, every screen an anthill. We were beset by blackness, and I should be thankful that despite it all, my lover still ironed my shirts, still restored the antique cupboard, still retwisted my locks with deft precision. My lover could not muster much else. You'll figure something out, he prayed. You always have, you always will. Of course, at that time, I hadn't noticed that this wasn't a discussion of the bite eaters. Either way, that night, I wanted nothing more than to strangle him in his sleep. I always thought tragedy would bring us closer would give us a reason to hold on more tightly. Loss begets a sort of clarity. When the bright eaters first arrived, pouring over our sky-like pitch, I knew so profoundly that I had acquired both a dead-end job and a failing marriage. Secretly, I must have wished for this, right? And the bright eaters delivered. They taught me that my marriage was a tragedy and closely didn't account for much in a black hole. I'm grateful for the light they shed. I'm very grateful and now very much alone. Blight eaters eat light. In the interest of accuracy, their presence both interrupts the space between photons and feeds off of it. My team managed to catch a few with a perfect mirror. Less precise reflections would knock the bright eaters into each other at such a velocity that none would survive the collision, a fact that jarred my interns as much as it excited my employers. In this way, the bright eaters are like my lover, impossible to rid myself of without a reversal of sorts. I guess you could describe it as a breakup. When the bright eaters came and took away our lights, we ran inward and cried and wondered why. I must remind you, as I have my supervisors and their supervisors, that our retreat would not stave off the freezing, but merely delay this inevitable extinction. I knew this more deeply than I could express in my report. When you are no longer in love, you buy time. You wait it out until the candlestones are dead, knowing all the while what is to come. I burrowed into myself and listened to my lover, whom I no longer loved, Breathing in the heat of the walls designed to keep the planet's core from incinerating us. 
though we could not see it, I felt my lover watching. You seem off, they chimed, and I would blame the heat, the dark, the carrots sliding in our dismal chamber, feeling through the blindness deep in my own core, I waited for what would not come. I searched for answers, then kindling. I asked my lover to twist my locks. I laughed, aimless as a radio. And the words arrived. A clear darkness to end a lifetime of blinding. It was breakfast. The last of the coffee grounds were soaking in water, purified by our own urine. My lover asked about my hearing at the congregate, and I unraveled. I blurted out that my transfer request had been approved. I would be spending the remainder of my days in a chamber closer to my facility. I forgot my coffee when I left. What I hadn't mentioned was my reprimanding by the congregate, the downscaling of the research budget, the senselessness of the board's suggested use of nuclear explosion to warm a planet now devoid of sunlight, I stumbled along the rails of the outer hall and bumped into what sounded like an elder. To avoid such incidents, we are to maintain a steady pace indicated rhythmically through the floor tiles, and this was a suggestion that I both proposed and executed on behalf of the very leadership who I didn't know right now were talking about my termination. But by the time I muttered an apology to the elder, my lover had caught up to me. He asked why, the only question I couldn't answer. It took me years to name what I had felt, and only this moment to understand it had no reason. Why? My lover asked why through what sounded to be tears, and I could not muster anything but my own footsteps through dark. Why now? Why here? Why bright eaters? I had given all my answers to the fools and cowards for whom I was hired to pretend to understand everything that scared them. I'm learning that most endings have no answers. Nothing I could say would satisfy you. Just that I had nothing from my lover's tears. I did not know what I wanted, but I knew now what I didn't. Even if it made no sense. Or, perhaps, especially. That was The Eighth Sun, written by Kosi Dunn and narrated by Kosi Dunn. Our theme song was created by Yanju. If you too are interested in uh, submitting to the Kilimanjaro Collection, simply email us at obsidianpodcast at gmail.com with your story pitch, and uh, we'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. This project is supported by a 2019 Ruby's Artist Grant, which is a program of the Robert W. Deutsch Foundation at HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.rwdfoundation.org for more on obsidian follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at obsidian podcast and don't forget to leave a review on apple Podcasts because uh it helps us a lot thanks we'll see you guys next time hey there it's rachel ballinger and i am extremely excited to invite you to rachel uncensored it's my podcast where i sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so we cover things from personal stories to hot button issues 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.